0: I'd like to bring a brief message tonight. I know that you won't, if you have your Bible, I want to invite you to turn to Isaiah. And even if you have it, you may not be able to read it. So the words will be on the screen tonight. And all the verses that we'll reference tonight will be on the screen. But I think it's important when we talk about candlelight and we talk about the Lord to look at things from the word of God. And to consider some thoughts before we segue into our candlelight portion of the service. I want to read Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. You can remain seated. The Bible says this. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation. When at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. And afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. Verse 2. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. I want to preach on this subject for just a few moments. The great light the great light. Father, bless now the preaching of your word. Give me clarity of thought, I pray. Help me, Father, in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. In the Bible, the Bible will reference the subject of darkness, or of, uh, yeah, of darkness. In the Bible, darkness is spent essentially speaks of three things. Uh, first of all, darkness speaks of evil, the presence of evil, the working of evil, the actions of evil. Secondly, darkness speaks of the consequences of evil. An evil day in which where there is evil, there are dark or evil consequences. The third layer to the definition of darkness in the Bible is this, that it speaks of having a lack of knowledge or power to get out from the evil. And so you have a picture of those who might be in evil under the consequences of evil, and then not having the ability or the power to get out of that, that is considered being in the darkness. When you come here to Isaiah chapter 9, the people of Israel, the Bible says in verse 2, that they have walked in darkness. They are at the absolute worst point of their nation by way of darkness. For generation after generation, king after king After being prophet after prophet has warned them, they had continuously pursued evil, worshiping false gods, turning against the Lord, involving themselves in all kinds of immorality, stealing houses from widows, lying and and doing all kinds of false business dealings. The land for for generations was completely corrupt. And as a result, God sent captivity upon the people of Israel. They were swept away from their land and they were carried away to be captives, slaves, servants to Assyria and then eventually to Babylon. And then as they found themselves captive over these great superpowers, they did not have the knowledge or the ability to deliver themselves from the consequences of their sin the people of israel lived and breathed and abided in a time of darkness you know you think about the world in which we live in we live in a world of darkness a world of evil All around us is theft and assault and abuse and corruption and war and broken homes, betrayal, drug abuse. Everywhere you and I look, we find evil. And the question might be this, why is there so much evil in the world? Why is it that no matter what country you're in, no matter what kind of legislation you perform, there always seems to be this abundance of evil all over the world? Well, the reason that there is evil in the world is because there is evil in our heart. Jeremiah 17.9 says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The reality is is that the reason why the world is wicked is because our heart is wicked. The reason why the... The world is evil is because our own hearts are evil. You see, flowing from theft and throwing throwing from all of these actions of evil are hearts with greed and selfishness and pride and anger and hatred and bitterness and covetousness and lust and vanity, and envy, and jealousy, and on and on we can go. And by the way, all of us here tonight, we may look good, we may smile good, but the reality is even in our own heart, there is evil that abides in our hearts. And so as a result, we as a people, we as a planet, we live with the consequences of evil. There are strained relationships, there's dissatisfaction, there's emptiness, loneliness, enslavement to a vice or lust, turmoil, Corrupt governments, violent societies, and then ultimately it results in this. Separation from God on this planet and separation from God in eternal judgment. Amen. And above it all, we have no knowledge and no power and no ability to remove ourselves from the evil in our hearts. We can med- we can medicate it, we can motivate it, we can rename it. We can legislate it, we can imprison it or not punish it at all, but nothing that we can ever do as a human society can ever seem to fix the evil that lurks and abides so deeply within the hearts of men. We can truly say, as God said of the people in Isaiah, that the people have walked in darkness. You and I understand that all around us are people walking in darkness. But I want you to notice in Isaiah chapter 8 verse 22, just in the verses prior, the Bible says this about Israel. It says, "And they shall look unto the earth and behold trouble and darkness, dimness of anguish, and they shall be driven to darkness." At I want to say this that at this at this point of the passage in Isaiah, Israel had been driven to its darkest, most evil Most oppressive, most enslaved time in the history of their nation. And yet, you come next to Isaiah 9, the very next verse. In Isaiah 9 and 2, it says this. Nevertheless, in in spite of all the darkness, in spite of the fact that you are at your worst point, The dimness shall not be as such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan and Galilee of the nations. Verse 2, in spite of all that, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the shadow, listen to that, the shadow of death, upon them the light shine. God said this, in spite of the fact, Israel, that you are in your darkest point, you have lived in your most evil times, you are under the greatest oppression, no matter the fact of how dark it is, there is a light coming, there is a sunrise. The picture of the great light rising is that of a sunrise coming in the midst of darkness. God is saying this, the sun is going to rise, and light is coming for you. I love the truth that no matter how dark you and I have ever been, no matter how dark the days, no matter how evil the hour, no matter how far away we as a society go, or we as individuals go, no matter how deep or dark the consequences, no matter how entrenched in the slavery of sin that you and I find ourselves in, God says this, In the shadow of death, behold, there is a sunrise. There is a great light shining and available for all people. What is light? We, we, we talk of candlelight. We sing of light. Our own church is called the Lighthouse Baptist Church. Light is just as darkness represents several things. Light represents the opposite light is first of all the knowledge and power to be free from evil. It is the light. It is it shows us the way. It shows us the path to be free or to escape from the darkness that we are in. Light also speaks of the presence of righteousness And holiness. So whereas in darkness we had no power. We we had no knowledge. We were in evil. Light is what gives us the knowledge and the power. And the ability to live in righteousness and holiness. And as a result to experience the rewards of light. To experience the rewards of righteousness. And joy and peace and goodness. And all of the things that flow where God's righteousness reigns. And so the question would be this, what is this light that he is talking of in Isaiah 9 and 2? Well, you go to just a few verses down to verse 6, and the Bible says this in Isaiah 9, 6. Here's the answer, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given... And the government shall be upon His shoulder. And His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. God says, a light is coming. A light is shining. And and as and all of the people of this time would say, what is this light? Who is this light? And verse 6, God answers the question. He says, a son will be born. And then that leads to the next question. Well, who is the son that is given we don't want to presume that we know. Well, the Scripture tells us in Matthew chapter four, in verses thirteen through sixteen. I want you to notice what it says. Speaking of Jesus, it says, "In leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the seacoast and the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali,um that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying." The land of Zebulun, the land of Nephthilim, by the way of the sea, beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now, see if this sounds familiar in verse 16. The people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Matthew said that the answer to what God prophesied in Isaiah, the son that was born, came in the person of Jesus Christ. And I love that picture as Jesus was coming and walking upon Naphtali and Zebulun in the land. The Bible describes him as the sun rising upon the people of darkness, upon the people of evil. Here is the answer for you and me with hearts of evil and hearts of darkness and a society of evil. Jesus is the sunrise. Jesus is the light how is it so because Jesus came and lived a sinless life and gave himself on a cross to pay for your sin and to pay for my sin so that by faith in his death and his burial and his resurrection that the power of sin that was over us the penalty and the shame of sin that caused us to be under the wrath of God could be fully forgiven by his blood And then because we believe on Him, He doesn't just forgive us of the evil, He doesn't just remove us of the evil, but He gives us the Spirit of God. And through the Spirit, we have a living Spirit in us who gives us righteousness, who makes us a holy, saint, child of God. And so now we are free from evil, and we are pure and righteous children of God. Because of that, we have the rewards of His light. We know the fruit of His Spirit. Which is love and joy and peace and gentleness and goodness and meekness and temperance and faith. And the Bible says that not only does he give us light, but in 1 John 1, 7, he puts it this way. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. When we call upon Him and receive Him, the evil is removed. The power of sin is broken. We are forgiven. And in His Spirit, we are able to walk in the light as He is in the light. And we are able to fellowship as children of the light in righteousness and peace. Listen, with all of the rewards and blessings of a relationship with God the statement tonight is so simple there is a great light for all of your darkness I don't know what darkness you're dealing with tonight I don't know if if you're dealing with something internally I don't know if you're working around people of darkness I don't know but here's what I know that Jesus is the light And that if you have Him, if you've received Him, and if you know Him, you can walk in the light as He is in the light, and you can experience His light no matter matter what dark valleys you find yourself in. And so there are two admonitions tonight. One, if you have not called upon Jesus Christ, you need to come to the light. There needs to be a time where you realize that you are in darkness, that your heart is in darkness, that Jesus paid for your sin to give you light, and that you by faith call upon Him and receive Him as your Savior, and by calling upon Him you come to the light and receive the light. And then for secondly, for those who know the Lord, we must walk in the light. Every day, abiding in Christ, reading the word, praying being submissive and surrender to the Holy Ghost allowing him to lead and guide in our life and listen and as you and I go through life and we see the darkness always remember this that in the world of darkness God has given us a great light there is a great light for all of your darkness I thank God for the light of Jesus Christ as the, ush, as, the, as the musicians make their way, I want to have a word of prayer with you as we make our way to continue in the service. Let's pray. Father, I don't want tonight to just sing and, and have lights and to forget or be ignorant of all that that means. What these lights mean, what these lights symbolize is the reality that we live in a world of darkness that at one time, even we as Christians, we abode in darkness. Our hearts were full of darkness. But you sent the great light. A, a, the light has sprung up through the person of Christ. And by calling upon him, we have had our sins forgiven. And the spirit of God. And we have a relationship with you. And one day we will dwell with you in all eternity. We thank you, we thank you, God, that in spite of Isaiah 8.22 and all of the darkness, nevertheless, you gave us a great light. I pray if there's any in here tonight that they've not come to the light, they'd make it a point to come to Christ. I pray for us as believers to make sure, dear God, I pray, dear God, that you would help us, Lord, to make sure that we walk in the light as you are in the light. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen.